business, marketing is a critical activity that can directly impact growth and profit. Yet with so many options available today, how can you choose the right marketing program for your business? Welcome to I Think I Need Marketing with Bonnie Taylor. If you're looking to better understand marketing, then you've stopped by the right show. Now here is your host, Bonnie Taylor. Hello and welcome to I Think I Need Marketing. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm your host, Bonnie Taylor. And in today's episode, we're going to get personal. Uh, Don't worry, not that kind of a show. I'm talking about the personal side of marketing, brands and branding. Joining us in our discussion will be Nicole Tooley from Canon Solutions America, who will share how she works with the brand on a daily basis and how it impacts her campaigns year over year. That's going to be a great discussion. I'm really looking forward to it. But before Nicole joins us, let's talk about that personal side of marketing, that brand. In fact, I'm going to make it really personal by saying your business has a brand. Your business has had a brand from the moment it started life. It had a brand before you applied a logo, before you created a tagline, before you selected colors. How can I be confident about that? Because a brand is the image you're projecting to the world. And from the moment you started your business, through every single business action, from every encounter that you've had with the outside world and with your own employees, you've projected an image. Now, what you're projecting out is received by others, by the world at large. And that's that reaction, that emotional reaction that your buyers, or if you're a nonprofit, your donors, volunteers, or if you're thinking in terms of recruiting potential employees, will use to form an opinion about your business. Not every reaction has to be a strong one, but it is still an emotional reaction. So they could love your business. They could hate your business. They could think your business is beneath them because you're not big enough or you're not of the quality that they like, or you're a business that is too high for them. You're too out of reach. You're too luxury. These emotions in turn affect their decisions and how they will work, if at all, with your business. This is powerful. And it really is important to make sure that that brand encounter, that that emotional reaction that they have to your business is positive. In marketing, we do this through branding. Branding refers to all of the actions, all of the activities, any steps that you've taken to influence your brand, that impression to the world, for the good. And you want to do this because otherwise people are not going to want to engage with your business. They're not going to want to buy from you. They're not going to want to volunteer. And they're certainly not going to want to join your business as an employee. It makes sense that since your brand is the image you're trying to project, it should also serve as the identifier within the marketplace ideally the unique identifier within the marketplace. Nothing is worse than a brand that looks like another brand or a brand that acts like another brand. Uh, You want to be alone. You want to be separate. And you do this through your branding efforts. Collectively, all of your branding activities become that identifier. Now, that identification can take on a life of its own. Consider somebody who is dressed head to toe in logos uh, because they want to show off that they are of a certain monetary level in life. Or if you think about somebody who's driving around in a really flashy car, 
It may not work. I mean, there are cars that just don't run very well, but they've got great brands behind them. And that's what they want to drive. Uh, there was a there was a survey a couple of years ago, I believe, that um, surveyed the worst drivers on the road, the most obnoxious, aggressive drivers on the road. And they all purchased the same brand. I'm not going to tell you which one, but it was, it was really funny because I'm like, oh, yeah, you know what? I've seen that. Uh, that makes sense. Our emotional connection with brands influences our lives. Are you willing to pay more for a hotel room because it belongs to this hotel chain and you know what you're going to get? You understand the type of room. You understand that the bed's going to be comfortable and the air conditioner is probably going to work. Or will you pay more at that store because you want to be seen carrying that shopping bag? Brands can become so well-known and so a part of our daily culture that we use them instead of some other language. For instance, When was the last time you asked for a facial tissue? Probably never. You asked for a Kleenex. Did you ever tell anybody to go search engine something? Or did you say, go Google it? And when you think about these brands, do you suddenly come up with their logo? Do you think about, hey, I know what this product's going to be like in the terms of a Kleenex. I know it's going to be soft. I know it's going to have so many Kleenex within a box when I buy it. I know it's going to be consistent in quality. I know it's going to serve my need. Google, when I think of search engines, I instantly see the primary colors of their logo. I see the white homepage and I see the search engine results because they've satisfied my needs. They've delivered and I can trust them. I have an emotional connection with the brand. I'm brand loyal. I tell people to Google. I've told you to Google things. It's just something that we do now. It's part of our culture. But at one point, they were just new businesses developing a brand. How did they do it? I can tell you it wasn't a single step process. It wasn't something that they quickly jotted down, threw a logo on it, and went about their merry way. Wouldn't it be nice if that was the case? Uh, Of course, I'd be out of a job. So, uh, no, when you're developing a brand, you have to think in terms of the big picture. Remember, this is your business's public image. This is what is going to make them like or dislike you. It's not time to leave a stone unturned. It's also not a time to try and fool the buying public. And what I mean by that is it's not a time to inflate your services. You're not the best in the world. You're not world famous. You're not the greatest ever unless you really, really are and can prove it. You aren't luxury if you're selling mediocre. You're not uh, something that they can rely on if your team isn't dependable, if your products break. So that brand image has to be supported by your business. It really is a reflection of who you are. And like I said, it is a cultural thing because it touches all of your services and all of your products. It's not just a lie you slap onto a marketing tool, you're not, you know, a campaign that you send out there. You have to be able to really and truly deliver on that brand. I have a great example of a brand that failed miserably, and it was in the news a few years ago. Uh, it was the Fire Festival, F-Y-R-E. It, this was a festival that was developed as a luxury music festival, kind of like a competitor to Coachella. This luxury music festival was to be held on a private island in the Bahamas, and it had a, a commercial with 
10 of the world's top supermodels frolicking in the sand, lounging on yachts, and in general, just having the great life of a vacation with all these top headliners who were going to be there. They were offering luxurious tents to stay in or villas you could rent or yachts you could rent, gourmet food, yada, yada, yada. Well, it turns out it was all a sham. People showed up and none of it was there. The place was a disaster. There wasn't enough food, facilities, water, transportation. People paid thousands and thousands of dollars for these tickets. I remember when this came out on social media, when it was first promoted, and it was promoted with this, you know, this orange tile that, um, like a color block, and it said Fire Festival, and all the supermodels promoted it through their social media feeds, and the commercial aired, and it just looked like, oh, this is the elite vacation. If you like music, this is the place to go. And then it turned out to be nothing like it. The brand completely failed. They lied. And they're actually um, uh, investigated. I believe uh, the guy in charge is now in jail. Uh, It was all over the news when it happened, I think 2017. It was just horrible. There are two documentaries, if you're really interested in seeing about this on, I think, Netflix and Hulu. Uh, But anyway, an example of a major brand fail because they tried to promote this as this luxury brand. They got the buyers. I think they got like 20-something million dollars worth of ticket sales, but they didn't deliver. And that was complete lies. So of course, they went out of business. The authorities got called in. Brand failure. Hopefully, you will never find yourself in that kind of a situation because after listening to my show, you will understand how to develop a brand that reflects your business accurately while still motivating and developing that positive impression within your potential audience. So let's think about a positive brand. You have your business name. You have that business name out there, uh, but then what? Well, think about the senses. Think about what how you interpret the world. You do this through visuals. You do this through auditory senses. You do this through your um, any kind of sense of smell. Uh, if you have sensory, if you want to touch something, if you want to just kind of feel it. Um, let me give you a couple examples. So if you've ever walked through the mall and just suddenly just smelled something that just smelled, you had to have a Cinnabon. Well, That's part of their brand, is having that scent out there. You walk past it, you must buy. I must buy because it smells so good. Uh, Other brands uh, embrace you in their brand. They bring you into their culture. So uh, if you've ever been to a Cracker Barrel, for instance, Cracker Barrel has a country food menu. They are all about country food, country living. And if you go into one of their restaurants, they have this country shop where you can get all these little country knickknacks. The floors are wood. The sidewalls are, are the walls are wood. Everything about the place looks like country. They have chosen this decor to fit with their buyers. They promise the, the feel, the experience that goes along with their food. Colors and sounds all play a part in your brand. Now, you may not want to go down the path of creating a custom color mix like a Coca-Cola or a Hershey's chocolate, but you will want to choose colors that are reflective of your business and your potential buyers. In my book, I Think I Need Marketing, I have a whole color chart that 
says which color kind of reflects which emotional connection. So if you want luxury, you may go with a black. Or if you are like my company, CCS Innovations, it's a marketing consulting firm. We're all about business growth. Our color scheme is green. Green for growth, green for money. It makes sense. If you look at the different colors out there, you don't want to just pick something that's just your favorite color because it may not work for what you're trying to achieve. It may not reflect what you, your image that you want, that brand image that you want to project to the world. Disconnects are really obvious to your potential buying audience. For instance, if you have a very peaceful setting, let's say you have a spa and your music playing is very hard rock or very technical type music or rap, that's not going to project that same image of peace and tranquility that you would want if you were just playing new wave music. Your employees can play a big part in your brand. They may be the ones who work directly with your potential buyers. So you want to train them on greeting types or the approach that you want your business to have with your buying audience. If you want to be super friendly, super upbeat and happy, or do you want to be slightly snobbish, or do you want to be really relaxed and and approachable or something very formal? All this is part of your brand. Your brand will influence your communication voice in marketing. Are you a relaxed brand? You want to have a conversational style, or would you like to stay very high level and very technical? Are you chatting to children? If you are, then your style is going to be very different from one that would talk directly to adults. Are you starting to see a pattern here? When I say brand, I again mean that image that you're projecting to the world. And I mean that emotional reaction from your buying audience. The two together must meet. And they must meet on every encounter. Your brand has to be consistent throughout. So you can think of your marketing as the front line, but it also goes through, let's say, putting logos on invoices or wrapping your trucks or making sure that your greeting on your off-hours answering service has that same brand feel. It is consistent throughout your business. To do this, you can follow several steps uh, to create kind of a brand style guide. And I want to go through that in a future episode because it is very, very important. But basically, this is the, uh, the grand plan to help you stay on track with all of your different efforts. Uh, Everybody in the business who works with the outside should know about your brand. Everybody who is working with any kind of uh, marketing should certainly be well-versed on your brand and well-trained on how to use it. But it is something that needs to be consistent throughout. My favorite example of a business that just gets branding so right is Disney. Everything that they do is so well-branded and they deliver on all of their promises. Whatever part of their business that you think about, it could be their parks, their amusement parks, or their movies, their uh, animated studios, their cruise ships, uh, vacation plans. Everything about them has that same strong brand. And they have a lot of different sub-brands. All those things that I just mentioned were all under that parent brand umbrella. But they manage to keep that brand together. If you attend one of their parks, not only do you find that it's extremely clean, that everything is so well-themed. The entire place is so well-themed. You can 
always pick out an employee. And an employee is probably wearing a, a uniform that's appropriate to that section of the park that you're in. Uh, you can buy merchandise that has the logos on it that reflects other parts of their business. So it could be uh, characters from one of their movies. You can buy that, and then you can wear that. You can eat Mickey Mouse uh, popsicles or, or ice cream treats. You can dine in a themed restaurant within the park. You can stay at a hotel next to the park that is also themed. And still, you never forget where you are. You never don't know that you're under this brand. And it always delivers on what they promise. They deliver and they charge for it too. That's the amazing thing is that people continually pay for this brand. They pay for the tickets. They pay to add on the extra items. They pay to wear those Mickey Mouse ears. They pay to wear somebody's brand while walking around their own business location. I mean, think about that. That's how great they are at branding. It's just wonderful. And you can do this too with your brand if you think through all the steps and are consistent in your marketing activities. Develop, nurture, and protect your brand image because without it, it's going to be very difficult to create that emotional connection with potential buyers. And without an emotional connection, at least without a positive emotional connection, it's going to be hard to grow in the future. When we come back after the break, Nicole Tooley will join us. You're listening to I Think I Need Marketing. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Looking to grow your business in 2019? You need CCS Innovations. We're an award-winning strategic marketing and design firm working with clients worldwide on achieving their business goals. Whether yours is a startup company or a multinational corporation, our experienced marketing team can help set you on the right path. Our services range from high-level strategies and branding programs to projects such as campaigns and websites. Need more than a single project? We can become your own outsourced marketing department. 2019 marks CCS Innovation's 10th anniversary. And to celebrate, we're offering I Think I Need Marketing listeners a 10% discount on all new projects started this year. Mention the show when you contact us. Start growing your business today by giving us a call at 703-988-7189 or visit us online at ccsinnovations.com, ccsinnovations.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are tuned in to I Think I Need Marketing. If you have a question or comment for host Bonnie Taylor, please send an email to bonnieradio at ithinkineed.com. That's bonnieradio at ithinkineed.com. Now back to I Think I Need Marketing. Welcome back to I Think I Need Marketing. I am here with Nicole Tooley from Canon Solutions America. So Nicole, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. 
Well, we have the big topic. We are talking about branding, and I know this is something that is near and dear to your heart. Tell us a little bit about how it influences your day. Yeah, so um, my role at Canon Solutions America is it's for one specific division for our production printing group, but it really houses everything that goes out from our company from a marketing communications perspective. So it's advertising, direct marketing, social media, PR, really everything where our brand is involved and we're communicating our brand to the marketplace that goes through me. So it makes for a really fun job. There's a lot of moving pieces and brand is pretty integral in my day-to-day work. That has to be something that's hard to keep track of. How do you do that? How do you make sure that you're sticking to that brand? So one thing at Canon, which is really cool, is our brand is so, so powerful to our identity. We are technology-driven and solutions-oriented, so it's really easy to pull in that overriding theme of being a technology company, and that is present in everything we do. Um, And what's even cooler, really, is we go through periodically these brand audits, like every few years, just to make sure that everything is aligned, because Canon is a diverse company, a lot of different business units, and a lot of different markets. So what we all get together every few years is to work on our Canon master brand, So that is our top, top, top level messaging and the look for all of our branded elements. And then from that master brand, each business unit can then sort of go out and create their own advertising plans. But everything rolls up to reinforce that master brand, um, which I think is helpful from the standpoint of it gives us a good roadmap and a sense of direction, but also gives us enough leeway and creativity to be really specific to our marketplace. When you're looking at your, when you're auditing your brand, what are you looking for? What are you kind of trying to find? Because you work with it every single day. So what is it? Yeah. Yeah. So one thing that's so cool for working for Canon is that everyone knows the name Canon. You know, when Mm -hmm. you tell people you work for Canon, they go, oh, the camera company. The camera company, Uh, right. (laughs) Exactly. So how cool is it to like do marketing for a company that everyone recognizes? Um. But the challenging piece is, well, I'm not in the camera unit. A lot of us aren't in the camera unit. So we have to really find ways that we can sort of expand that brand and make it equally as recognizable for um, for all of the different areas that we all work in. So tell me, like, just to give a, a little bit of sense of what you're talking about as far as uh, diversification of your brand, what else do you have? What else do you work with? So everyone knows us as the camera company, and that's certainly where our history is. But now we are in a number of different markets. So we're using our lens technology in medical fields and cybersecurity. So that's That's pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah, it's building diagnostic machines um, and and security systems for like crowd surveillance and hospital networks. Um, We're also launching satellites with spaceflight. That's one of our our newer realms right now. And then from a printing perspective, which is my world, we're really trying to shape the way that uh, businesses are using personalized printing and how that's done in a day like today where there's so much data for businesses to interpret and utilize in their communications. So those are kind of all the different diverse uh, markets that Canon is in, but 
at the heart of it, we're still one of the top choices for professional film and photography industry. So everything really stems back to our lens technology and our image technology and, and builds from there. So your brands are integrated, but you still have that parent brand and you have, or do you call them verticals or channels or how do you refer to them? Um, we call them business units to be honest. Units. So, okay. Yeah. There's the camera unit, the medical unit, the printing unit. And do you have guides? Do you use uh, style guides? Do you, how do you keep them all together? How do you know which one is which and when to use which brand? Yeah, we do. So we, um, we have our branding guidelines, which we call our master brand. We're very big at that at Canon. And we actually publish it into a, a really beautifully bound book um, every couple of years. And so anyone who works in marketing or PR advertising has one of these books. And it covers everything from our master Canon USA, like the, the overarching brand, down to the specific business unit brand. So the back end of the book, you can tack in pages specifically to your industry. And we even share those books with our creative agencies. So anyone who's creating our ads for us, we hold them accountable for learning our brand guidelines in addition to all of our marketing people. Now for for my listeners, would you give a little bit of what goes into these guidelines? What are you addressing in this book? Yeah, so it's everything from how you're positioning your logos, what colors you're using, what exact color red, gray, and black we use. Um, And when you say exact, you're talking about like the PMS colors, the mixed color mix. mm -hmm, The PMS colors. Um, we, We basically pull this together, like I said, every couple of years. And um, and we lay out what everything looks like. So from the master band perspective, there's themes that you'll see that carry across from our consumer division to the medical division to our printing division. Our logo is always really prominent in everything Canon does, as well as the flashes of the Canon red um, and using different, I'm going to say like elements, like a slash or a box or a triangle using different solid blocks of the Canon red to highlight your calls to action or your website URL, things that are consistent to everyone at Canon. Um, And then our brand guidelines go in to give specific parameters for the areas that each business unit has creativity on. So the headline, the image, the copy that goes with it. And when you say that, you're talking about like fonts, tile, the, yeah. the placement on a page, the size, mm-hmm. everything, the weight All of the that, font. yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you're thinking through your brand, when you're developing this, what, are you, what do you have in your mind? Are you thinking through to your buyers? Are you thinking through to usage? How are you pulling this together? Or is it everything? It's a little bit of everything. So, you know, the one thing that I've learned over the years is it would be really easy to just sort of be a company and create your brand and push it out and and that's your brand. But you have to be open to how your brand is interpreted in the marketplace, how people feel about your brand, how they're interacting with their your brand, what they call you as a company or call your products. So, and in what tone of voice they use. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, I personally think all of that has to come into it. And it really has to be a balance between the look and the tone that you want to strike as a company, but also what 
is actually being received by your audience, you know, so and also keeping an eye on what resonates the most. Is it, you know, being that leading technology company or is it being that business partner? Finding the right balance there goes into creating for us. It's more specific to what our year to year advertising theme is. Mm-hmm. And so you would alter your brand to fit that that theme. Yep. Or alter Alter the brand to fit that theme, but also alter the brand to what our goals are from a year-to-year basis. You know, Mm -hmm. is there a certain product line that's doing really well for us now that we want to pick up some momentum from? Or is there a certain development in the industry right now that we want to make sure we're at the forefront of? And so when, you, when we're talking about, let's go back to this altering the brand. You're not talking about the core brand that you're not oh. necessarily changing the logo. You're not changing the colors. You're not changing that every year because you Correct. need to have that kind of brand loyalty and that the, it has to stay in the marketplace. So they end, it's recognizable. But when you're altering it, you're talking about maybe like the imagery. Yes. Or so, something. so for us, when we think of our brand, we, we almost think of two different aspects. The first is the Canon master brand. So that's the Canon logos, the reds, the font types, the font sizes, um, the different placement of certain uh, graphic design elements on the page. Mm -hmm. That sort of stays the same. And that's the theme you'll see carry over from every division at Canon. Mm -hmm. But where we have creativity as a business unit is what we call our annual advertising campaign. Mm -hmm. And that's where we start to get more into the nitty gritty of the messaging and the exact image that we select. And that's where our brand is a little bit more of a living, breathing thing. So the overarching, it's kind of like the umbrella. Mm -hmm. That's that's relatively static and and that's our our master canon brand but when you get more into the details of the copy that's on the page or the image you select that's where it's sort of a living breathing thing right okay okay and this is something that uh where how frequently or how often have you changed the master brand how i mean as far as like the main logo is that something that has changed or stays in place for years and years and years. Yeah, so the Canon logo itself has been relatively static for um, well over the past decade. Mm-hmm. But um, about four years ago, uh, Canon USA took on a master brand audit where they looked at all the different markets we're in and what our strengths and weaknesses are in those markets. And they really fell on the idea that we are committed to technology and solutions. And so then they just sort of tried to massage the master brand to make sure it was at the front of that. So we actually uh, came up with the tagline, see impossible, Hmm. which we, we developed a separate logo, which is really a secondary logo, a see impossible Mm -hmm. logo that works in conjunction with our Canon logo. And so once we completed that brand audit in 2015, then you started to see the See Impossible logo and tagline carry through to all the different divisions. Oh, that's great. I love the way the C logo, since you are the lenses, of course. Yeah. Yeah, it works out really well. It was really fun to sort of see every different market incorporated, you know. So what did Mm -hmm. See Impossible mean for medical diagnostics versus, you know, space flight? (laughs) 
but the imagery is, I mean, just trying to develop that and the campaigns around it was just a lot of fun. Really fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so in, in, when you're working with your brand and in trying to get that, that new campaign, and of course your business goals dictate what you're going after, but your, your buyers themselves and the marketplace themselves itself, and you're thinking about from like state over state or industry changes, how much does that influence your brand? Uh, so it's certainly important for us. Um, you know, I would say one of the things that I've learned is that you really have to pay attention to your target audience. So we actually pull in, uh, annually a group of our customers Mm -hmm. and we run a lot of things by them. A lot of it is technology and product driven, but the second piece of it is marketing and brand driven. And so it's just really hearing from them how they perceive our brand and things like that. So, you know, making sure you have a tap on that to me is crucial. Um, and making sure that your brand can be somewhat fluid and adapt to the marketplace mm-hmm. is key because, you know, we're a technology company. So we know firsthand how quickly things change and how quickly mm-hmm. you have to keep pace. I think the same goes for a brand. If your brand mm-hmm. can't keep up, then eventually it's not going to be perceived as relevant and modern. One of the themes that I'm stressing throughout uh, this series is, or, well, this show is that marketing is a custom effort. And it is, like you said, it has to adapt to the buyers. Mm-hmm. It has to adapt to whatever marketing challenges or business place challenges come up. Goals change. Even the marketplace itself changes. And so trying to trying to change that with a brand, especially so many different brands, has to be an interesting challenge. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And even just... Um, you know, making sure that we are known as more than just a camera company Mm -hmm. is one thing that we come up against day to day. Now, when you're thinking about like the different brands, do you ever find that your brands conflict uh, there or you're trying to develop a campaign that may not necessarily fit with one of the other lines? How do you work through that kind of a challenge? Yeah, we certainly have that come up even just um, within the printing market. There's, you know, a wide variety of printing from, you know, signage to office, you know, consumer printers that anyone has versus our massive production printers that are printing millions of pages on a weekly basis. So uh, there are times where we're pushing a certain technology that maybe doesn't jive with another business unit. And we just have to figure out ways that we can still be able to message and promote what we want to promote, but without taking a knock at something that, you know, a different unit of ours might sell. Mm -hmm. So I think for us, it's being open to discussing that with other people and just finding creative ways to message. Um, But it's still ends up being relatively easy as long as we're making sure to lead with the technology as opposed to, you know, any other substitutes or something like that. Having that master brand in place that can help guide you. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. It's when in doubt, you can always fall back on the master brand. And if you're not sure how to say something or you're not sure how to showcase something, it's nice to have sort of a base level that you can always go back to. Would you say that your marketing activities, would you start with the brand when you're, when you're planning the next thing out? Do you start there and review it again and again to make sure that you're staying within the parameters? Yeah, we do. So what we actually do is we take on a, a really big project um, in Q4 of every year where we're building our advertising campaign 
for the next year. And the very first phase of that is, okay, what is our brand? You know, let's remind everyone what our brand is and what our priority is. And that's showcasing our incredible technology. So that's step one. And then from there, we go in and start to lay out what the look and what the feel of it is. And it really just builds a roadmap for us for the following year. Wonderful. Well, we're going to take a quick commercial break. And then when we come back, we'll continue forth with Nicole Tooley. You are listening to I Think I Need Marketing. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Looking to grow your business in 2019? You need CCS Innovations. We're an award-winning strategic marketing and design firm working with clients worldwide on achieving their business goals. Whether yours is a startup company or a multinational corporation, our experienced marketing team can help set you on the right path. Our services range from high-level strategies and branding programs to projects such as campaigns and websites. Need more than a single project? We can become your own outsourced marketing department. 2019 marks CCS Innovation's 10th anniversary. And to celebrate, we're offering I Think I Need Marketing listeners a 10% discount on all new projects started this year. Mention this show when you contact us. Start growing your business today by giving us a call at 703-988-7189 or visit us online at ccsinnovations.com, ccsinnovations.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are tuned in to I Think I Need Marketing. If you have a question or comment for host Bonnie Taylor, please send an email to bonnieradio at ithinkineed.com. That's bonnieradio at ithinkineed.com. Now back to I Think I Need Marketing. We are continuing our conversation with Nicole Tooley and the world of branding. Before the break, Nicole laid out the master brand and how she works it through multiple verticals within her business. Uh, I want to ask you, how is this, has this ever been a challenge for you as far as um, a brand conflicting with what you wanted to do and how have you resolved this? Yeah, so, you know, one of the biggest challenges that we've had with our group is that prior to being Canon, we were actually a different company that was acquired by Canon. Ah, so, yeah, <laughs> that's a big challenge. <laughs> A decade ago, we were known as a completely different name. We were OSA Printing Systems, and our business is in a very, very specific niche market. So within that market, OSA had really carved out a solid reputation and and a loyal following. So then all of a sudden, we get acquired by Canon, and now our challenge is to maintain that reputation we had as OSA and keep all of those loyal customers we had but somehow carry that over to the Canon umbrella and be able to capitalize on everything that Canon had to offer. So it, it really was, I would say the first year and a half to two years 
was challenging because there was a lot of confusion in the marketplace as to Mm -hmm. who we were, what our name was. Um, You know, we had to reevaluate the naming convention of all our products um, and then also take an audit of all of our websites, our social media handles, our email addresses, everything Mm -hmm. had to change over. Um, And what was most importantly was we had to communicate that to our audience, how it was changing, what was staying the same, what was going to be different. Um, And so what we landed on is, you know, some of our better known products, the ones that were really strong for us as Ose, they're still branded as Ose, but they're offered by Canon Solutions America. So you know, five years later, I still edit things that um, press and analysts will write about us in the industry and have to correct our name or correct our product naming, things like that. Um, that, I think, is probably the number one challenge we've faced and, to be honest, continue to face. But it's better to have our new name be such a recognizable name that Canon is. Absolutely. And it's the same challenge that anybody who is rebranding would face. It's just another, sure. it's another form of rebranding. So what I tell clients, you obviously had uh, established uh, products in place. It was a little more of a challenge for you. But what I tell clients is that when you're rebranding, it's it's overnight. You, everything that's old for the brand goes away. Everything new is put in place. It's one of those that you just need to switch out. You can't leave something there uh, for six months, two logos, let's say, or two different, right. you have to kind of switch it over. Products are a little different. I mean, you have, you have a long history with those products, so it made sense to keep them there. But, but the, yeah, the, the switching over is always, always fun. <laughs> yeah. We actually, we almost did, um, we had like a, a campaign that was supposed to be our transition campaign. So it was when we first announced the acquisition while everything was still being finalized, we ran with an advertising campaign that was called Stronger Together. And mm-hmm. the imagery reinforced that idea of like, you know, two sort of behemoths coming together to make one, you know, new company. Mm-hmm. And that, I would say, helped with the transition. I don't know mm-hmm. that that's possible in every case. Right. But for us, it helped to reinforce that, you know, we weren't really going away. We were just sort of like a butterfly, you know, we're coming out right. of the cocoon as something new. <laughs> Actually, I've worked with with uh, companies uh, as an in-house marketer and we've brought on new business lines we, or purchased other companies. It's been kind of that same like, hey, how do we do this and how do we yeah. make it so that we don't anger anybody? Uh, but at the same time, there has to be a change. There, obviously, the whole business unit has changed. So we have to make this. Uh, that's got to be fun. And then having to unveil that throughout and to explain that to your employees, there's almost like an internal branding and an internal campaign mm. that has to exist versus in, in addition to that external because you're tra- you're kind of training two two sides of it. Yep. And and two different business cultures coming together. You know, the right. the the way that Ose had operated was very different than the way that Canon had operated. And you just had to be really flexible and really open minded for a period of time there and, and know that everyone was working through a massive change. Yeah, it's it's uh, <laughs> it's a long uh, process preparing for this. The ex- the execution is more just like okay, let's just get it done. Let's just get it done. Let's get through it. Well, uh, what about when you're when you're trying to unveil a new product and it's something that is 
completely different or novel to the marketplace. How much mm-hmm. does that brand help support your process? How much how much do you use the brand in your marketing to help kind of, okay, we're this and we're bringing in something completely new? Yeah, so so that actually, the that R&D aspect is big for us. One thing that all of our different business units at Canon have in common is at the end of the day, the best technology wins, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so what you'll hear all of our divisions at Canon really boast about is that every year we're at the top of the filers for patents globally. So we just found out last week that we landed third on the list for 2018 for total mm-hmm. number of patents. Yeah. Wow. So we're right behind IBM and Samsung, which is excellent. <laughs> it's not bad. <laughs> yeah. Not bad at all. Um, and so what that means for when we're launching a new product is there's always a lot of excitement around it because people know how much we put into our R&D and people know that we're constantly testing new things and filing new patents and looking for that next technology, which really helps create a lot of buzz around new product rollouts. Um, and and we typically try to make a big splash with new product rollouts. So we go to one of the, the larger printing industry conferences, and that's where we showcase it and demo it and, you know, hold press conferences and things like that. But again, it all rolls back to being a technology-driven brand. Which is, I haven't mentioned before uh, to my listeners, but that's the brand promise that you all are the innovators, that you are trying to go out and yes. get something new. And that's something that, you, like you said, they rely on you. They know your brand is going to bring that to them. And so they have that trust because you've gone through the process so many times and you haven't failed them. You haven't let them down. Right. I mean, that's the goal. And that, so that's what we want our customers to think. And we, that's also what we want our marketing communications to get across. And so when you're thinking through that, that emotion and that innovation, um, what, is the, what is the biggest driver, do you say? Um, I guess it would depend on your marketing uh, process, what part of the campaign. But let's say when you're digital versus print versus, um, you know, some kind of like articles or anything else, what is that, that, that hook that you like to pick? Do you go for, um, is it the image? Is it the is it content? Or is it just is everything all together, pulled together? Um, so one thing that's big for us at Canon is having really sort of beautiful ads. We really mm-hmm. pride ourselves on striking images and pops of color, um, really imagery that makes you take a second look. And that ties back to our Canon brand and mm-hmm. and our history with photography and printing an image. So mm-hmm. that the artwork itself, I would say, is definitely one aspect. And then, you know, as we get more and more into digital marketing, we're finding the content and the call to action is mm-hmm. more important because, you know, every day people see a million banner ads, you got a hundred mm-hmm. emails. If the content piece that we're trying to send you isn't relevant, and, um, you know, important to your day-to-day life, then you're not going to engage with whatever the piece is. So I would say it's, it's a balance between striking artwork and, and a beautiful design and really relevant content. All right. All right. Has it ever failed <laughs> or in, not, not just as in, in your role now, but in maybe any time? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> you know, I would say my 
first year with Canon was was really sort of baptism by fire. I think when I started, I didn't realize quite how large and diverse our advertising plan was. <laughs> so I, we were really just sort of scrambling throughout the year for both the content and the creative for every ad. And it felt like you were trying to recreate the wheel every time. Um, and so what happened was if you, if you looked at almost if you laid out all of our ads from the beginning of the year to the end of the year, there was some brand creep in terms of, <laughs> you know, what we were putting out at the end of the year wasn't exactly what we were putting out at the beginning <laughs> of the year. Um, so, it, you know, it wasn't a disaster. It just probably made for a lot more work than it needed to be. And I didn't like to see the morphine throughout the year. So, so that was probably one of my bigger <laughs> fails at Canon. It's not, um, that, it's not terrible. <laughs> it's not terrible, but that is really what inspired the sort of heads down campaign development period where right. we really lay everything out and have mm-hmm. a definitive roadmap. Right. And so how much how much time do you think you spend strategizing just for that one year? Is it something that you back up six months, a year before that? I mean, how we, far that's it's it's usually we usually start um so we'll roll out a new campaign January first. We'll start brainstorming it at some point in the late summer mm-hmm. and we'll be finalizing it in uh, early November, because, you know, with advertising, your due dates are pushed up so much. Right. So right. you might be creating the ad for a February publication in December. Right. Um, so yeah, I would say we start five to six months out. Wow. Well, and so when you're thinking through your, your, your creep, you said your brand creep, how did you correct it? It was just a matter of planning or did you let it run and then just think of it through the, for the next year or did you? I, we, I don't even think I noticed it until I got to the end <laughs> of the year and I pulled everything and I was like, oh, well, that looks a little different. Um, so, so it, it, you know, it was, it was probably only noticeable if you're the person who I am, where I was looking at the ads we placed in December compared to what we placed in January, you know? Um, and so I think it was really just pulling back and realizing that the one off approach is too hard to manage and too risky from a brand standpoint. Everything needs to sort of, you can't create things in a vacuum, you know, everything needs to tie back to what your theme is, your message and your master brand is. And so when you're thinking through uh, staying on track and and looking at the different components that go into it, do you have people who check and double check and triple check throughout or do you just kind of lay the whole thing and say, okay, this is how we're going to do it? And what's your, how do you, I guess I'm asking is what is your checklist for making sure that you're staying on brand? So the the first checklist really is our brand guidelines. So mm-hmm. making sure everything fits from, you know, is this the right font to is this the right, um, you know, URL anchor sort of we we have um, a legal team and then we have a corporate communications team. And so when I create something, I'll send it through both of them. Legal will make sure, you know, everything is satisfied. We're not going to get sued for what we're saying. And our corporate communications team will just sort of give it a once-over to make sure the logo is correct, uh, the URL is anchored properly, things like that. So we do have other groups who are not creating the ad who look over it. Um, but then the other thing I'll say is that 
having pulling our creative agencies into the process has been crucial for us because they're the ones who are actually doing our graphic designing. Mm -hmm. And so we hold them accountable for knowing our brand guidelines as well mm -hmm. as I know my mm -hmm. brand guidelines. And sometimes they even know it better to be perfectly <laughs> honest. Um, so bringing them into that process, giving them the brand guidelines helps us not have any issues from the beginning. You just mentioned a word that, uh, that may not be familiar to some of my listeners, the anchoring of the, the URL. What do you mean by that? So we, um, we pulled in research for like how people read an ad and typically they look at an ad top to bottom, left to right. And so mm -hmm. when you think about that, you want to say, okay, what is the last thing I want them to see? Typically it's your logo. So we place our logo either top right corner or top or bottom right. Bottom corner. Right, yep. So, yep. So it's either the first thing you see, or it's the last thing you see as you flip a page. We do the same with our URL and our call to action. We typically want our call to action be the, the last thing. So we anchor them at the bottom of the page and we anchor our URLs with, so we call it, it's basically like a slash mark. Um, and it's consistent across our entire division. It's the Canon red, it's a slash, and then, you know, csa.canon.com anchored there. We do the same thing with our calls to action. We anchor them with a solid red background. So if you're looking at an ad, whether it's, you know, our ad or an ad for a, a wide format sign printer, they'll still look the same. You'll know where to find the URL and where to find the call to action. Fantastic. Now I will put one uh, caveat on there because you are so good at planning ahead of time. I'm sure you've purchased all of your ad space and you can command the right-hand read. If you think about like a, a magazine where all of your ads are going to be on that right-hand side, yeah. somebody's coming into this a little bit later may not have that prime placement. And if they're in a situation where their ad is on the left-hand page, having the logo buried in the right corner probably won't work. So you have to think through where your, your ad is going to be placed. Yeah, and, and also think spot. through your ad size because not everyone's right. buying a full-page ad. You know, right. maybe it's a corner ad and and one thing that becomes really precious as you get to smaller ads is your real estate. So if you have a number of different brand elements that need to get in there, all of a sudden you don't have room for your, your content. So then right. for <laughs> like a quarter page ad, you might have to go, okay, we're going to ditch this secondary URL and, and shorten our legal information or something like that. And now it becomes, instead of that three paragraphs, it's one bullet. Right. <laughs> it's like basically that much information. Oh, you know, this has really been so fantastic. It's it's a joy to to speak with a, another marketer and somebody who really understands branding. It really is for me. It's a thank special, you. And so I I really appreciate all of your time and sharing your wisdom and experience with my listeners. Uh, come back anytime. <laughs> so, well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure oh, to be here. So uh, this has been I think I need marketing, and we've had Nicole Tooley. I am Bonnie Taylor. Thank you so much, and see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to I Think I Need Marketing. Be sure to join Bonnie Taylor for another episode next Thursday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until next week, think of what you could be doing differently in your marketing program.